Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Monique are coming for each other's neck and it's kind of about Ashley but not really I think it has everything to do with Sharice and everything to do with the trainer and everything to do with the fact that Candace and Sharice are not friends Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Hi, y'all. Usually I spend the intro time talking about, you know, Hollywood gossip, pop culture bullshit, drama on the internet, something messy. I got nothing. I have absolutely nothing to talk about. I've been racking my brain all day long, I even tweeted, what was the tea this week? I have no idea. Which makes me feel like I'm probably forgetting something quite big. But that's the thing about forgetting, is that I don't know what to tell you. So here we are, it is 11 to 10, the episode is supposed to drop in 50 minutes, and I'm doing the intro. <laughs> I actually recorded the intro much earlier in the day, but since Potomac is over, I didn't want to do or dedicate a whole episode to a recap um, later in the week, so I kind of just figured I would talk about it now. My thoughts on episode three. Still, very strong beginning to the season. I'm really loving all the storylines that we're getting. But I was getting a little bit of shades of Beverly Hills in this episode in that I feel like we're finding out that there are no real, everybody's the enemy 
Everybody is stabbing each other in the back. No one's telling the whole truth. And there's just like constant confusion, chaos, and terror reigning supreme. So what I'm talking about in terms of Beverly Hills, obviously we know it's Denise versus Brandy versus Kyle versus Teddy versus Lisa Rinna somehow. And Lisa's now going to church. And who do we really believe? Y'all know I'm team Denise. Do we know that Denise is not telling the whole truth? Absolutely. Do I think that she and Brandy hooked up? Hell yeah, I do. Does it matter? Fuck no. Here's the thing. I mean, obviously, I think Kyle and Teddy went into the situation with no clear uh, course of action, right? Kind of the same way they did to LVP last year, which was like, I mean, in my opinion, I wasn't really rooting for or against anybody in terms of like hashtag Puppygate. I'm not going to pup, get into Puppygate because my God, what a boring fucking storyline. But the point is there really were no winners or losers except for Lisa, if you want to get technical about it. But I think Kyle being the de facto OG, much like Ramona over in New York, it's not working for me. It's not... um curling all the way over, if you will. I think Kyle just doesn't have the range to be top dog, you know? She just doesn't. And because of that, there's no clear through line as to, like, what she's trying to do. They're clearly trying to make an enemy out of Denise and try to vilify her in some way. But you guys are going about it the entire wrong way. They're trying to make it like they came out of the gate trying to make the case of like, oh, we know Brandy told us that you slept with her. That's not the fucking story. Like grow up. It's 2020. Who gives a fuck if they scissored each other, you know, until their pubes burned off in a flame of lust and desire? Who cares? I don't. The problem is or should have been, that she was talking shit about you guys, allegedly. Well, not even allegedly, because Denise kind of low-key admitted to it. To us, not really to them. Now, the same thing is sort of happening-ish with Potomac, R.E., Monique versus Candace, right? Like... We're dealing with a situation where there are, like, different issues happening with different people. Because we started off this season, there was a clear issue from last season carried over with Candace and Ashley and the drama that they had because Candace can't keep her Twitter fingers to herself and she can't keep her mouth to herself when it comes to Michael Darby. Also, we have the issue now of... Sharice forming a friendship with Candace when Candace and Monique had an issue with each other. Candace then went behind her back and formed a, a, a friendship with Sharice. It now comes out in the past three episodes. Monique feels some type of way because Sharice spread some rumors potentially about, um, according to Giselle, it was about Monique getting a little too close to her trainer, big boy slash Chris finding out, 
Um, but now there's some more things that was happening on the internet and on Instagram Live about um, some friend of Giselle's, or excuse me, a friend of um, Monique's who went to production and was trying to like create the story about how when Monique had a miscarriage a couple years ago it was actually she according to her it was actually an abortion that Monique had and that I guess that child was not born from big boy's loins and that's a really messed up horrible awful thing to say um they went on IG live and addressed it both Monique and Chris awful so this seems to be like more of the issue. And I guess maybe the girl tried to take it to production. Production didn't bite because they were like, we don't really believe that Monique would have an abortion. And so this woman tried to take it to the cast members. Now she's alleging that Giselle was in on this and maybe Sharice had something to do with it. I'm not sure. But what we're seeing on the show is that Monique is just mad because Candace and Sharice are friends. Candace invited her to her dreadfully themed Denim and Diamonds first anniversary party. And Candace is now acting like, because the situation between Sharice and Monique happened a couple years ago, she didn't really think it would be that big of an issue that she became friendly with Sharice. Clearly, Monique feels very differently about it. She feels betrayed. On the other hand, we see them. We're joined in the beginning of the episode, still at Ashley's coming out party. There's, you know, Candace feels very attacked. Wendy tries to defend her. Um, Wendy, I think, brought a great point. I... I'm conflicted about Wendy because I am here for her in a lot of ways. Did I feel like it was her um, business to insert herself into this particular issue? No, but she did bring up a good point of if you guys are going to all come at her for different things and make her apologize, it's probably not going to be a genuine apology. So is that really what you want? Or will you just allow Candace to do what she said she would do, which is to have a one-on-one with Ashley you know, apart from the group, right? Rather than this being what feels like a group interrogation. Karen Huger just wants to eat her Chilean sea bass. I agree. Um, so here's the thing. I'm not Team Candace ever. There have been some issues with her coming up on the internet. Um, being homophobic. Apparently she was transphobic on an IG live that she did just last week that had been taken down, but she would revert to a trans woman as him on the IG live a couple times, which was, you know, problematic in its own right, but also even more problematic because Candace did not know this person, woman, pre-transition. So to refer to her as a him when you never even knew the only person that you know is this woman is you know an extra layer of a fucked up cake Candace apologized for being homophobic there are lots of tweets about oh gay this gay that 
I, this man's being gay, fruity, blah, 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 blah. I mean, y'all can see them. She apologized in a way that I had never seen before, which is by using, which is basically like a digital, um, letterhead with, um, her signature on top or it was, I don't know, it was on the top or the bottom. There was colored borders on every side. So there were maybe like three slides of an apology. And at the end of the apology had her social media handles choices, you know, we're all making real weird choices in 2020, aren't we? With that being said, I I mean, I feel like when you put your IG handle at the bottom of an apology, takes away the sincerity, you know, like what are we marketing here? Are we networking? Oh Lord. Um, so back to the show, I just feel like, okay, so after the, the Ashley coming out party, we hear, we get a screen that says, you know, the girls left the restaurant, cameras are down, but they were still mic'd up. And we see here this like little conversation between Monique and Candace, where it seems like Monique is trying to hug her and Candace is like, no, no, get away from me. Basically saying, like, I didn't like how you came at me. I was not aware that you felt any type of way about me negatively. I was not feeling the fact that you brought this up. And and it's like you're trying to facilitate slash instigate this issue with Ashley. And now you're coming at me because of Sharice. I mean, she didn't say that, but obviously that was the implication. Don't come at me. I don't like this. And you hear Monique saying, oh, you know, I had to do that. Being kind of flippant and like laughing a little bit. And Candace is just not having it. Does that color our opinion of Monique differently now? I'm not sure. I'm really conflicted. And it seemed like Twitter was pretty conflicted as well. I, mm, I don't know. It seems like now Candace is trying to make it seem like Monique is just this two-faced person that maybe the insinuation is that, like, Monique actually doesn't care about Sharice and Candace being friends, but she just wanted to be messy on camera. That's what I was interpreting from it. If you guys interpreted it differently, please let me know. That's what I got. And if that's the case, I could see why Candace would be upset about that. So really the other main storyline is Ashley decides to have a sip and see at her apartment, invites all the girls over, including Sharice, who Ashley did pre-warn uh, Monique by telling her, you know, Sharice will be attending. Monique says, I'm totally fine with that because their friendship, Sharice and Ashley's friendship actually predates our relationship, you know, it, it goes before I was even on the show. So I can't be mad at her for inviting her. You know, I get it. So we get a little flashback of like, you know, Monique and Sharice in better days. They're like big sis, little sis, uh, relationship with one another. And it, you know, now has, now Sharice is acting like she has no idea why Monique is upset with her. But yet, 
from what I remember, when Charisse arrived to the party, she made no attempt to even say hi to Monique. So if you think you guys are big sis, little sis, or at least if you guys think that you're on okay terms with each other, it seems like you would at least greet her in the small circle that you're sitting in, not say hi to everybody else, and not to the person that you think you're friends with, right? Like, that's fishy. Um, I never trusted Charisse. It's very clear that she's always been messy. There's another fair point to be made about Monique's past messiness. If we're going to make, you know, if we're going to bring up everyone's past, which I have with Candace and now Charisse, so I think it's fair that we do remember that Monique and Charisse brought um, Sherman, Giselle's ex-boyfriend, brought his ex-wife on the show to try and kind of embarrass Giselle because he, the reason why he got divorced was because he got um, caught like soliciting prostitution at a park or something. Very George Michael situation, but with a woman. Um, they brought her his ex-wife on the show. That's also very messy. But then I think, if I remember correctly, it actually was more of Charisse that did that than Monique. So, this episode made me very confusion. It left me very conflicted. How much we should trust Monique. Because I'm out of the gate. Like, clearly, if there's any situation... Candace has more of a track record, we'll, we'll put it that way, of messy behavior, of, yeah, just messy behavior, but I feel like Candace is very upfront about her messiness. She will put it on Twitter, <laughs> she will say it to your face, she, I don't feel is often very underhanded, with the exception of the situation with uh, befriending Charisse. Monique tends to play her hand a little bit closer to her chest, but I still like her a little bit more. So I really don't know. I, I think this is a much more compelling, even though there are shades of similarity to it, this is still a much more compelling storyline than we are getting with Beverly Hills. So once again... Thank you to the Real Housewives of Potomac for bringing us content, storylines, you know, I, I just thank you. Do we need to talk about what Giselle is wearing this episode? I mean, listen, it was a little bit better than the like Rocky Horror picture, sh picture show of last episode, but looked like she was wearing gold like dice in her hair and a ponytail holder and uh there was a situation with some like a crinkle dress with uh zebras I don't know if she got this from like the Kyle by Shahidi line um that's what it looked like to me also should we talk about Giselle and Jamal I don't like him <laughs> right I just don't, mm, I don't think I like him. 
the twins and Grace, the oldest daughter, I really trust them. And it's hard for me to say that I trust any teenage girls because teenage girls are the most terrifying demographic that we have in America. But these girls seem very grounded. They seem very well-raised. And the fact that they don't trust their father and they don't trust him in a relationship with their own mother. Giselle brought up a great point that I've been thinking this whole time is like, we've all seen Parent Trap. I thought kids really wanted their parents to get back together. Most kids do. I have never once been in a situation or seen children who were not like really excited about the prospect of their parents getting back together, even if they don't have experience with their parents being together that they remember. Giselle and Jamal broke up very early into, I think maybe Grace, the oldest daughter, was like five. So those uh, girls don't really remember them being together. But even still, you think that they would be excited about it. And they weren't. And Jamal did a, what I think, very classic divorce dad move of like buying things that don't make sense but cost a lot of money. Why you would buy shares of a restaurant for your three daughters is confusing to me. Is it nice? I guess. Are they into food? Is this like a passion of theirs? I don't know. Could you have just like opened a Roth IRA for them? Maybe that would have been a more sound decision. Especially where we are now in America. <laughs> Maybe investing in a restaurant wasn't the best idea. <laughs> but weird. Weird. I don't like Jamal. I don't trust him. He's Mr. Chocolate of Real Housewives of Atlanta fame. So there's that. For a pastor and a man whose job it is to speak and connect with people... I found the way he spoke to be very, like, odd, right? Like, he just didn't seem very charismatic. Y'all feel me? Anyway, we have a great show. <laughs> Why am I talking like I'm about to host SNL? Um, further on in the episode, you're going to hear um, Love After Lockup. And then later, I end the show by recapping all the thoughts, just a very, I won't even say quick because it was an hour long <laughs> overview of Selling Sunset, the entire series, with the amazingly funny and smart Christine Bianca Villa. And I hope you guys enjoy that. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. Bye. I want to have fun. I feel like for the next 17 days, I'll have to be a lot more controlling on what her actions and stuff are before the court date. I'm hoping that this will be the first time she does it run and that she actually stands up for her responsibilities. You know, if she missed court, that'd be almost $100,000 I spent on Destiny. That's a lot of money. Don't suffocate me if you have suffocate you, but it's the whole thing about... What, you, being you in you control? Got, like, you no, can't no, control I'm, me. I'm not trying to control you. We're going to go have fun. Like, we're going to be in Vegas like this. We're not going to be squares. 
All right, y'all, let's get into Love After Lockup. I have to say this was probably my favorite episode of the season, even though there was no John and Christiana. You guys know that John was the one who held my heart right from the beginning. And, you know, fortunately for us, somebody broke out as a star and the Amy Poehler character that I had no idea was coming, but here she is. We'll get into that later. Let's start with Scott and Lindsay. There really was no... um big storyline with them is basically last time we saw him he was you know left astray outside the airport eating steaks lukewarm steaks that is um on a bench with his stretch hummer limo driver larry and Lindsay was nowhere to be found he basically his whole storyline this week is him calling the uh prison to find out that Lindsay is in fact still in jail they will not give any information as to why she's still there Miley Grace, her daughter, and Lindsay's mom come over. They're very upset. Miley said she cried all night the night before. And, you know, it's a very sad situation for little Miley Grace, I have to admit. Do I feel badly for Scott? No. Here's why. Even though they're like, oh, there's no information that we can give you that is not public information. You're going to have to find out why Lindsay's still here. That's up to her. Last time I heard from her, she was in the shoe. And that was three days prior to her alleged, um, you know, exit from jail. So (laughs) her mom is on the phone. They're like, well, do you think that she'll tell us what happened? And the guy on the phone's like, I don't know. That's up to her. (laughs) So here's why I don't feel bad for Scott. He opens his little lips, not little lips, big lips to say, oh, well, Lindsay's a very pretty girl. So, you know, maybe she got jumped and that's why she had to stay in jail. Does that make any sense to you, Scott? He makes every excuse for this woman purely because she is a good-looking white woman. It is truly disgusting (laughs) how he forgives every, like, he thinks that she's in jail because people take advantage of her for being beautiful and white. He thinks that she gets, she stays in jail because people take advantage of her for being beautiful and white. He has, he places no, there's no onus on Lindsay whatsoever. She's just the victim of being a beautiful white woman, according to Scott. And he is like, this is why you deserve to get played. You know what? If you're going to play yourself for a fool and say, oh, here's this hottie, blonde hottie, you know, then she should take advantage of that because that's your fault for being a dumbass. You know what? At some point, we have to look in the mirror, okay? The fact that Scott thinks that she would somehow be in jail that she went from the shoe, which is solitary confinement, and sometime between, in the three days between her being in solitary confinement and her supposed to be leaving, she got jumped and that was why she had to stay in jail? Does that make sense to you guys? That you would have to be, that you would have to stay in jail because you got attacked? Huh? That doesn't make any sense to me. And why it makes sense, Scott, I would love to hear it. Like, we TV, please let us have a, 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 um, oh my God, I can't even think of the word. I want an end of the season interview with every single person, a reunion. That would be the word. Thank you. I want a reunion. I want to host the reunion. And I want to ask 
the hard questions. Question number one, Scott, why do you think that Lindsay is not responsible for all of her actions? Why do you think that she is a victim when she got arrested for being in a high-speed car chase on meth, and then when they finally caught her, she had meth on her? And that's why she went to jail, Scott. Not because she's pretty. Anyway, let's go on to Tyrese and Shonda. Tyrese is in the hotel. He is minutes away from the prison where he'll be picking up Shonda. He's packing up some panties, one of those like two-pack maiden-form bras, and I'll have to apologize for roasting him last episode because I was going in on him j- just a little bit for getting a panty bra and panty set from the sex shop. Turns out he actually did get some more, you know, reasonable undergarments for our dear Shonda. He puts on his finest cobalt blue Steve Harvey collection suit with a matching tie and a black shirt. He tosses some rose petals around the hotel room, like not enough because he's trying to conserve, right? So he also wants to give her the roses. So he tosses just as many petals so the roses don't look anemic, but also enough so it creates a romantic ambiance in the Hampton Inn. You know what I mean? Um, He goes off and heads to pick up his betrothed, Shonda. They only have four hours to hang out before she has to get on the bus to go to the halfway house. He's talking a weak game. Can't even say a big game. A very weak game of like, he clearly expects to have sex with her. He's like, oh, you know, we're going to do whatever she wants. But, you know, I am attracted to her and I, I have thought about us having sex and that would be great. And, you know, I am really attracted to her, but like, we're going to do whatever she wants. But, you know, I, I lay these rose petals on the, on the, uh, bed and I bought the bra and panties set from the sex shop and, but you know what, we're just going to do whatever she wants and, you know, just, we'll just see what happens in those four hours. Really make it work, right? He goes outside, he's waiting, you know, classic love after lockup scene, waiting across the street from the prison. He even brings some binoculars (laughs) to keep an eye out for the trucks to see if maybe he can see her from across the way, see her exiting the prison. So he knows that's her. Creepy. Um, They pan down to him waiting because he's now waiting outside of the car and we get matching blue crocodile shoes. Oh boy. Okay. I need a second. Okay. He's a true weirdo, that Tyrese. He is waiting and waiting. She was supposed to leave at like half past one or 12 or something like that. And it's, you know, time's ticking away. Minutes are going by. Producers are like, do you think it's possible that maybe she lied to you and she's not coming? And he's like, no, no. And that's where we're left off with little Tyrese. Uh, let's move on to Quaylon and Chevelle. <clears throat> it's now an hour out of prison and Quaylon is getting some barbecue. 
They're there with uh, his mother, Colandria, and they're just like having a conversation. Quaylon says that, you know, he started getting in trouble around age 10, starting with shoplifting, and then, you know, the charges got bigger and bigger. He said that he was, went from being a straight-A student right to prison. I have to say that Quaylon does seem like very intelligent, emotionally intelligent, um, you know, all of that. I wonder if he like tried to pursue getting a GED or something when he was there. doesn't matter. Just curious. Um, but yeah, I mean, his mom is sitting there and she's like, listen, I'm going to lay it down for you. I moved to Houston to get give you a new start. And I would really prefer that you move down to Houston with me. And Quaylon's like, I'm not doing that. Like I want really want to be with my family, but I also want to have a girl and I want to be with her. And Chevelle's like, Oh no, that's not going to happen. Like absolutely not happening. Right. So then we, they're eating. Chevelle says like, I'm used to getting what I want. And like, I'm going to get what I want this time. Like Chevelle, Okay. This woman, she equates this mother waiting 12 years to her, to get her son out of jail to the two and a half years that they've spent like pen palling with each other. They go to the hotel and Chevelle heads into the room while Quaylon and his mom have a chat in the lobby. And Chevelle's, like I said, she's like, you know, I understand that his mom hasn't seen him in that long, but hey, I haven't gotten dick in two years, so see you, mom. I called you an Uber. You can take your ass to your friend's house for the night. They're downstairs, like I said, and Quaylon's mom says, you know, I'm really happy for you, but I'm here to support you. If things get to be too much, you have a family that loves and supports you. We're always going to be here for you. And then she heads off to go, go to her friend's house. Chevelle, in the meantime, is (laughs) setting up the room. Um, She is in a white and cheetah print robe. She is putting rose petals. We see some oil. We see some candles that she got from TJ Maxx, probably. We, you know, she's setting up a whole ambiance. So then she's talking to the camera in her robe gesticulating with her hands like a professor or something. And she says, you know, he went to prison as a little boy when he was 17 years old. And now he's 29, which is a grown ass man. So now he gets to experience me as a grown ass woman. (laughs) Okay. Quaylon says it's been 12 years, 12 years since, um, he, has had sex and he and Chevelle have spent hours on the phone having phone sex. Here's my question. People listen to your phone calls, right? Like the guards or somebody in the prison. These things are monitored, correct? Like imagine what these poor people have had to hear. So horny. They don't get paid enough, you know? (laughs) Um, abolish the prison system just so people don't have to listen to horny people having sex with each other. My God. Um, so he goes into the hotel room. He takes his shirt off immediately. She's like, you know what? I told you I was going to treat you like a king. And she starts massaging him and kissing his stomach. And I'm like, 
girl, he's like a couple hours out of prison. Who knows the last time he took a shower? Like maybe the day before, the night before, that morning. Can you get in the shower? Like, I don't want to kiss the prison off you. Is that mean to say? But I just, can we just get like a, a, a baptism, if you will? Like, I, I, the first thing I would want to do if I spent 12 years in prison is to take a good shower by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? By myself, wash the prison off of me. Wash the 12 years off of me. I understand that you want to get laid, but it's going to be that much better when your skin is not doing, you know, jail grade soap on you. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. When she starts kissing him, Quaylon's like, I don't know where y'all are going talking to the cameras, but y'all got to get the hell out of here. And he kicks them out and he was like, I'm about to tear that ass up. I'm like, first of all, sir, you have not had sex since you were 17. You have not had sex since 2007. You're not going to be tearing anybody's ass up. I, I, I don't believe it. I do not believe that. <laughs> and that's okay. I know everybody in the world is going to understand if you're in there for a hot 45 seconds before, you know, blast off. Nobody's going to blame you for that. You're acting like you're about to, you have not had sex since you were a teenager, sir. You're rusty, right? You're not going to tear anybody up. Okay. Give it maybe a couple weeks, build up your strength (laughs) and resistance. And, And maybe we can talk about tearing things up in the future. Okay. But now you're going to be in there from 10, 10, 10, 45 to 10, 11, 15. And I don't, I want to hear anything else. That was the end of them. Jessica and Maurice, we will get to next. And I have to say this, their storyline is the most upsetting. Like I was so annoyed with Jessica and how she was behaving I see it and I understand it, but it was really just like annoying to watch. So we know that Maurice has a nine-year-old daughter named Michaela. So they're going over to go visit her. Maurice says that Michaela, my daughter, is my kryptonite, which I just thought was funny because he's a Compton Crip. He didn't realize what he was saying, but I caught it. Um, Jessica says she talks to Michaela every day, but she really doesn't have a relationship with um, Michaela's mother. So they've barely spoken two words with each other to each other. It's not like they've got beef with each other. They just don't have a relationship. So they get to the house. We meet um, Kaniqua, who is Michaela's mother. And she's like, I'm really the only girl that, Maurice has been in a relationship with aside from Jessica I'm a little surprised that he's dating a white woman but whatever (laughs) like it's fine and then she tells us that you know the only reason why they really broke up they started dating when they were teenagers she got pregnant a year and a half into their relationship and he started getting into trouble she told him you have one more chance with me and if you get in trouble again I'm done the big chance is that he blew it and went to jail and that was why they broke up. So it wasn't really like 
and a love loss. It was a trust loss situation. So it kind of seems like Kaniqua, you know, like it just seemed, you know, one of those situations where like, if you had just been better, we would have been fine. It wasn't like there was a big thing. You cheated on me or anything like that, or I stopped loving you or you stopped loving me. It's like, I had boundaries, you crossed them, and that was it. I don't want to say that, like, she still has feelings for him, but I think, you know, when you don't break up, and obviously it is a big thing to go to prison, but, like, when you don't break up because the romance is lost, I think it, it just, it's, like, blurry line, you know what I mean? Um, They seem to have, like, really great chemistry with each other. They're chatting, and they are really cool with each other. He's on the phone talking to people, FaceTiming with her family members. And, you know, their relationship seems perfectly copacetic. Um, Jessica is sitting in the corner. He really hasn't, like, there are a few people at the house. He really hasn't introduced Jessica to anybody. So she's, they're all like hanging on the couch, like happy family. Everybody's like making small talk with each other, you know, happy you're back, happy you're out, blah, blah, blah. He's so happy. And she's literally just sitting there texting. <clears throat> so they end up leaving and in the car, Jessica starts to pout. Maurice is like, what, what's the problem? And she's like, well, you just didn't say anything. You didn't introduce me to anybody. And I felt really awkward. And, you know, like, is this how it's going to be? And I just want to go home. And you can't treat me like this. And, okay, fine. Fair. Fair that he didn't introduce you to anybody. Fair that he... I don't know. I don't know. But he was also made a good point of, like, I was there to see my daughter. This wasn't like, I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm just leaving you in the dust. Like... I'm, I'm there for a purpose. My purpose is my daughter. The only people that were there were her family, not mine. So I just didn't see the purpose. And also you have to understand, and he makes another good point. Like, I just got out of jail. Can you give me a break? (laughs) Like, we don't, we don't need to go into this, right? And Jessica's like, well, I'm just worried that, like, maybe we're too different and I I miss my family. And the language starts getting real coded. Here's where it gets worse. They go over to um, Maurice's cousin, Roni. He's a younger cousin. And because Maurice has to be in L.A., the next two months before he can get his address transferred to Jessica slash their house in Vegas, Roni says, you're welcome to stay here. Roni's got like a full family, kids, girlfriend, the whole thing. Um, Jessica's there, not talking to anybody. At one point she gets up, sits at a table and starts doing her makeup. And it's becoming clear to her, and I don't think she's realizing this, but, like, there's a vast cultural difference between herself and Maurice. And, of course, you don't notice these things until you, until he's out of jail. 
Sure, you guys have your whole world when you're on the phone and you're sending letters and you're doing the conjugal visits and stuff. But Jessica, I'm just going to be real frank here. Jessica, it's clear that like her life, her day-to-day life, her upbringing did not involve black people, a black culture, and she just found this like hot black guy and thought everything was going to be great. And then next thing you know, you're in Compton at Cousin Roni's house going through uh, the funeral programs of all the Crips and friends that, that Maurice lost over the years while he was in jail. And you're feeling a bit like an outsider. Because she has no relationship to black culture whatsoever. And she starts saying really shitty things. So Roni's like has all these programs of like friends that Maurice died. And Maurice is making a point of like, these aren't like people I know or people or not like people I saw in passing or people who lived in the neighborhood. These were like people whose houses I went over to people. I really kicked it with like people I had close relationships with. He's looking through a stack of funeral programs. Oh my God. He died. He died. He got shot. He got murdered. Damn. Jessica says, after he's looking through his friend's funeral program, she says, aren't you glad that you were in prison this whole time? Oh, oh my God. This, why, why would you say something like that? Aren't you glad that you were in jail so you didn't get shot and end up killed and murdered like your friends. <laughs> I would have kicked that bitch out of my house immediately. Go back to Vegas. This is not for you, okay? Oh my God. Like, listen, I don't know any Crips. I've never been to Compton, but... <laughs> I have an understanding of the culture and I have an understanding of gang culture tangentially, at least, you know, like I at least can have some empathy for what these people go through and the culture and the cycles that they, they go through. Even if I grew up in the suburbs, probably more closer relationship to how Jessica grew up than how Maurice grew up, but my God, woman, I never would it come out of my lips. Aren't you happier that you were in prison than getting shot up 20 times like one of his friends? (sighs) Disgusting. They, (sighs) Jessica needs to find herself somebody else. (laughs) Like, like if, if you want to find a black man, Fine. There are plenty of black men in the suburbs that you can date. Okay. This, this is not the life for you, Seth. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. They then leave Cousin Roni's house. They go to just like the corner store to go get some drinks. And there's a guy who is leaving the parking lot in his car. And he says something like, this is my block. And then does like finger guns at Maurice. Jessica's terrified. Rightfully so. Because (laughs) I've never been in a situation where somebody's just talking about like pointing a finger gun at me. And meaning it. And yeah, that was really the end of their storyline. I do not like Jessica, y'all. This is not the life for her. All right, let's move on to Sean and Destiny. Stars of the show. So we start off, we're still at the restaurant with Destiny's mom and sister and Sean. And this is like, okay, how many kids do you have? Because last time we ended the episode and he's saying, oh, I'm 45 when he really, when he told her that he was 36. So he finally admits that he does have six children. Dustin's like, oh, hell no. Can I get another drink? (laughs) So then she's like, I asked you all this stuff in your first email. Tell me all about you. And these are the answers that you gave me. And Sean goes, oh, I must have forgotten. (laughs) Okay. So then they're in the parking lot. She's having a cigarette. And she's, like, irritated. And rightfully so. And says, I don't even care about your age. Like, there was no reason for you to lie about that. I would not have cared. And, but the six kids things is quite a lot. And I don't know why you would tell me that. Are they all from the same mom? Yeah. They are. Okay, so why wouldn't you just, you know, she's like, that's that's just like a big thing to lie about. Then she's like, is there anything else that I need to know? And Sean's like, and then she goes, okay, well, when did you break up with your baby mama? And he was like, oh, seven years ago. Immediately we get to a talking head of him saying that they had tried to get back together. They tried to reconcile last year, but it didn't work. But he doesn't want to tell her that, right? Um, I don't want to tell her because she'll get jealous. Okay. Then she says, okay, well, I'm sure I'm going to be finding out things down the line, but just so you know, like, I'm not going to be lying to you. And we get another talking head of Destiny who says, well, actually, I do have a few secrets, but I have no intention of ever telling him what they are. (laughs) So this is a great relationship. I'm loving it. Um, in the car, Destiny says, you know, I don't like liars. Like, reiterating the fact, like, please keep an open relationship, open line of communication with me. I don't like liars. Like, I'd rather you cheat than be a liar. Like, don't cheat on me. But, like, I would rather you cheat on me and be honest about it 
then just lie to me about whatever. And, oh my God, she's like, (laughs) then she flips the script. This is where I was like, oh, this bitch is crazy. She goes, babe, I want you to like, give me a coach first. But first things first, I need you to take me parasailing. I read about it in a Nicholas Sparks book and it sounded fucking amazing. And are we going to go skydiving? Yeah, we are. And I'm going to push your ass out of that plane. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Okay. Sean's just looking at her. He's driving, but he's looking over at her like, huh? (laughs) What did I get myself into? They get to the hotel. This is the most cursed moment of the episode. They get into the hotel. This, I think, may have been a different hotel room than we saw him cook the tacos in. It has a hot tub right next to the bed. Pure class all the way. (laughs) Oh, my God. Then he says... As she hops into the shower... Sean starts arranging these, like, tulips around the bed, around the hot tub, on the bed, just strategically placed around the hotel room. And he says, you know what, I think the sex is going to be pretty wild. Uh, She says she wanted me to tie up and I'm going to give it to her hard as much as she wants it at any time, anywhere she wants it, any place. Like, ugh. Ugh. She gets out of the bathroom, out of the shower. She's standing there in a towel. He arranged the tulips in a heart shape. And I have to say, like, he kind of went off with that arrangement. Like, it wasn't just, like, it was, like, there were leaves involved. And, like, it was, like, pretty chic. I'm, Sean, you might have a, a an eye for floral arrangement. Like, I'm not even going to hold you on that. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Um... They start, like, fooling around, and as they're making out, she's, like, straddling him in the bed with her towel on, and as they're kissing, she's, you know, there's, like, a, you know, overlay of her saying, oh, you know, like, obviously I haven't been with men in three years since I've been in jail, but I've been with plenty of women in jail, and I plan on keeping doing that. And I have no intention of telling Sean (laughs) that I'm bisexual. I don't think Sean would really care. In fact, I think he'd be pretty happy about it. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. It is hilarious to me that she intends on keeping this a secret. Because we had this little clip of her talking about her tattoo journey. We've seen her in her talking heads where she's got a whole chest piece. So... I want to know how Destiny is going to keep it secret, the fact that she's been with women, when Sean takes a tour of her body and he notices, you know, Monique on her shoulder. Um, I think there was Angela, Allison, rather, on her foot. And, hey, maybe if he doesn't notice that, maybe he would notice right above your boobs that gigantic chest piece that says Felicia. I mean, the the letters are about the size of the palm of your hand. 
unless this man is completely illiterate, I think he's going to get on, catch on to the fact that you might be interested in women. I don't know. You're not, your mom's name is not Felicia. So there goes that. (laughs) Um, so again, we get another, you know, y'all have to get out of here. Like, blah, blah, blah. We're about to do it. (sighs) They come back the next day and they're both very happy with each other. Destiny says, you know, I was worried about the sex because that is the one thing that will make me stray if I'm not satisfied. And Sean is the best I've ever had. Wow. Wow. Yikes. Um, and it's now 17 days before her court date. We all know the court date, the one that she has to show up to. Otherwise, Sean owes $45,000 to the bail bondsman. And Sean's like, hey, listen, I just want to talk to you. And I just, you know, I noticed that you're drinking yesterday and you were getting a little wild. She's like, you mean when you told me lie after you admitted to all the lies that you were telling? That's when I got wild? I'm like, yeah, you tell him destiny. (laughs) He's like, well, I just want to make sure that like, you know, you just keep it tight because your your uh, jail your court hearings coming up, and she's like, "So what are you trying to control me? You knew I was a party girl. We're going to Vegas. Like, you're telling me that I can't drink, and you're telling giving me all these rules. Like, you're my dad. Like, I I am gonna do what I want. I want to get married and have children, but I also am gonna do whatever the fuck I want. So if you're gonna start controlling me, like this isn't gonna work. And he's like, I'm just making sure that you get to your court date. Okay. (laughs) She's like, Oh, I'll be going. Okay. (laughs) She's not going to that court date. Is she y'all? Oh my God. I'm so excited. All right. That's the end of love after lockup. I do so many recaps. I'm like married at first sight. No love after lockup. And let's move on. I never start the drama. I just finish it. I know I get a little distracted planning a wedding. I can't help that people are interested in Tark in my life. I'm not doing this anymore. You guys are making fun of me. I just got a Google alert from TMZ. Justin Hartley files for divorce. Oh my God. Hi. You just blindsided you? I really want to be excited for my wedding, but obviously it's overshadowed by Chriselle's divorce. All right, y'all. The hit Netflix show has finally reached the heart of America. And by that, I mean, I'm officially into it. Join with me is Christine Bianca Villa to talk all about Selling Sunset. Hi, Christine. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I just have like a quick petty question. Do people yeah. call you Christina a lot? Um, all the time. Even <laughs> even on emails when like I my email signature is clearly Christine, they'll, yeah. you know, that's the best. <laughs> and the next email they'll be like, hi Christina. And I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> Uh, so talk to me about your selling sunset journey. I saw that you had, um, an IG story on your Instagram saved. Did you get into it on the ground floor? Were you into it season two? So I had heard about it at the beginning of, or like mid middle of quarantine. Um, so I guess, I guess when it, cause they released the seasons pretty quickly, but, um, so I had heard about it um, through Instagram and, and people watching it. And I mean, I'll literally watch anything these days. I have no right. threshold. Um, 
especially during the past few months. So I started it, yes, when there was already, when I, there were already two seasons out. So I took like three days and I, I just binged it because I couldn't, it's so easy to watch and it's so quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I'll pretty much watch anything. So, <laughs> um, and I was just curious about the people on it. Cause uh-huh. I, um, so I just like kind of wanted to see what was up. Yeah, I think that's like probably the most, the best part about it is that like there are only eight episodes a season. They're usually less than 40 minutes. So it's not like you don't have to have like this full investment into a show. I, especially with Netflix, like when they do like a docu-series or something, it's like, okay, we could have wrapped this up at like part three and here we are at part eight. And like, it's just like a whole thing. So yeah, it's like so much more palatable. And I think that yeah. really helps. Yeah, I agree. Cause yeah, sometimes like, like you said, yeah, some of their docu-series, it's like the first six episodes, I'm like, well, what are we even talking? Like they could just, so this is so easy to take in. It's just like so easy to watch, which I like. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. And I think, you know, like our generation of people is used to like the, the glossy, the hills, Laguna Beach style of cinematography and I think that also really helps yeah definitely um it's it definitely reminds me of that um in a way which I mean when I was in high school I I would watch those shows and like looking back I'm like this is insanity like pure insanity I was allowed (laughs) to watch this stuff um but yeah just like that classic just like kind of silly you know I don't really know what what else to call it (laughs) <laughs> uh, so let's get into the characters. I just am curious what your thoughts are about them. Let's start with probably the most harmless, Maya. <laughs> I think Maya is just like, I really like her. And I'm I'm scared that if like they, they do another season that she won't be on it. Because I just have like a feeling she just wants to live in Miami with her husband, which is which makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'm like nervous that she won't come back, but I really like her cause she really just like doesn't care about like about much or like the drama. She's just kind of there and she gives her, gives her points and, and that's it. And she sells houses and like, she's honestly like, that's what she's there to do. And I really like her. Like she's just kind of chill. Yeah. Beautiful Israeli woman. All she wants to do is have children and make money. And she's like usually above the fray in terms of drama. I don't feel like, like, I think, you know, at the end of season three, they kind of tease this like, oh, can you take the Oppenheim group to Miami? I'd really like to start an office there. But I don't know if she really has the range to do that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I couldn't imagine what goes into opening like brokerage and office like that's kind of it I wouldn't even know where to start but yeah it's it, it's a lot and then like would they film it like it's just I'm not sure yeah. I, I don't know either um I have like a two-part question one what is the difference between Brett and Jason and two does it matter <laughs> I'm dead wait I was listening to um to your podcast when you called them milk duds yeah (laughs) and I have never laughed so hard in my life like because that is the perfect description of them like I was crying I was like oh my god and I saw someone else describe them as like the thumbs from spy kids and I just like lost it and it's kind of 
I can't tell the difference between them except one one talks a lot and one doesn't. Um, and I think they're kind of just, I mean, they're there because their name is on the door. And at first when I watched it, I was like, I just like don't understand. Like, what are we here for? But then um, I hate to admit this, but like I'm kind of, I'm kind of attracted to one of them. I think, I think it's you know which one it is. It's the one who talks a lot, Jason. I think he's okay. like, is that the one that dated Mary? I don't really know, but I think so. One of them like exudes a little BDE, and I'm kind of here for it. And again, I think it might just be because I've been in my house for months. <laughs> but like, I was watching season three, and I was like, am I attracted to them? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to and I was like I need to I need to take a break from this because this is this is not okay right <laughs> um yeah I mean they do have like really nice homes I will say that that like whoever has the condo that has that incredible view and it's like that huge three-bedroom condo I'm like yeah okay I'd, I'd give it up for that right like it's but yeah I, I agree I don't really think it you know, they don't bring much aside from like that. It's their brokerage. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's go to Amanda, who is the newest cast member of the show. She is a former NFL wife and she's just trying to make it work. She's got two kids. She's taking care of them. She's really, I guess we're told to believe that she's like scrappy yeah. and she is a house what do you call it? Like a stager, a designer, oh, yeah. like the interior person, yeah. the stager. Yeah. I guess a stager, I guess. Yeah. And, but she's trying to move into real estate. She's perpetually late and she's always crying about her children, but <laughs> I feel like there's a clear darkness there. But the thing that like, I would want more of is like, I want more tea about their personal lives. Yes. Like, I, husband. yeah. I guess I missed it that she was an NFL wife. I, I don't. I guess I just missed that. Yeah. I would love a, a, a little wags information on her. I mean, I love that stuff. That's that's what I want. Um, but I love she. I love that she's like. She honestly feels like the most relatable one. Like she's just like always late, which I have that same problem. Yeah. Um, and she just like. You know, I just, I, there's something about her that I like, and I didn't like her really the last season when they like tried to introduce her. I was like, I don't really know if I like this girl, but this season she really growed on me. I think yeah. it was just like seeing her with her kids was like so nice. And I love yeah. when they like, you know, they put that in the mix. Um, it's just like kind of nice to see. Yeah, I, I like, I, I'm with you. Like, I felt like I shouldn't like her, but now I do. And so we're introduced to her because she's close friends with Mary. Right. Okay. How do you feel about Mary? So Mary, I have, um, I don't, I wouldn't even say it's a love-hate. It's like a love slash confused about her. Like, I really... <laughs> I'm, like, interested in, like, I want to know everything about her past, and I've tried to look it up, and there's not much out there um, about, like, her earlier marriages, and maybe that's just, like, me being nosy, but who isn't? Um, I just, like, want to know about her life more, and I want to know more, I guess, yeah, just more about her, and I think I like her because I like how she doesn't take shit from Christine, 
Um, mm-hmm. So I like that about her because I like cannot stand Christine. But and I like that like her and Chriselle are becoming friends, and I really like her and Amanda together. And I mean, <laughs> Romaine, I don't even I don't even know. I don't <laughs> I, <laughs> like he is. <laughs> but Mary, I I like. I, I do like her. I don't um, necessarily like the way um, she dresses. Actually, I really don't like any of their style, if I'm being completely honest. But um, that's besides the point. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't hate her. I, I, I actually like her, and I want to know more about her and her past and, like, her son. Like, I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, like, I want – I need to know more of the backstory about her being a teen mom. I want to know – yeah, you're right. Like, I, I firmly don't hate her. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, like, the best way to put yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be friends with her. Right, but I, I don't, don't hate her. Hate her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I do really like, like, her evolution of, like, being friends with Christine. Because they lived together, right? Did they? Really? Oh. Okay. They might have. I think I, I missed think that. so. In, like, the very beginning, and then they had, like, recently moved out. Yes, because then her and Romaine. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yes. So Romaine is a baker? Um, okay, I'm (laughs) unsure because I think I rewound our intro, like, the intro to Romaine ten times. I was like, but what? (laughs) Like, yeah, I think he's a baker, which is interesting. Um, fine, but, and I guess... (laughs) they were introduced through like a one of her clients. So I don't know if he, I don't know. The whole thing is interesting. Um, but you know what? He likes a successful woman. Okay. Like let's go. And that's that. I, I don't necessarily love when he gets a confessional. Um, I don't think he's there yet personally, but mm-hmm. I guess he, he gets confessionals now. Um, but it's interesting. I don't understand the relationship, but who am I to judge? I I agree. Like, I do love that he loves a strong older woman. I do love that he doesn't seem to be like a sugar baby. Yeah, like he doesn't seem like that, right? Like something about him doesn't seem like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. And it's also like, you're a baker, but clearly you should be a model. Like, why are you not smuggling? <laughs> right. And that's the thing, I feel like even if he, like, that's why I don't think he's, like, very, like, in it for the money. Because if he wanted to, he could just go off and be a model and make money. Like, he could he could make money. Yeah. I feel like if he wanted to mod, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But something's I'm, interesting. I'm seeing pictures of his work now, and it doesn't I, look. I'm going to look at his <laughs> I'm going to look at his work, actually. (laughs) It doesn't look all of that appetizing. There are some things with raspberries on top of it. That looks nice. But it seems like he works a lot with macarons, which I guess is, you know, very French. So good for him. He kind of reminds me of, like, the pro dancers on Dancing with the Stars. Like, that's what gives me. (laughs) That is his vibe. (laughs) Um. So let's move on to, ooh, Heather. Okay. What are your feelings on Heather? Do you know, like, the full tea with Tarek and all of that? Because I'm not, like, an HGTV head, but I yeah. know there's a lot of drama. I, I'm also not an HGTV gal, but, like, I'll, I, like drama-wise, I don't even, like, I can't even start with that drama, but... 
I know. I think, I mean, Heather, because she was with someone else, what, like two, the, in the first season and the second season, maybe? Yeah. Like okay. that long distance guy and and she would like fly every weekend, like six or 10 hours, whatever it was. Um, that was the international hockey player. Yeah, that was, um, I, I don't know. I guess like love knows no bounds. Okay. But that seems like a lot. So when, when she was doing that, I was like, oh, this is like, this girl like needs to relax. Like it's a man you can find, you can find one here. Like let's, it's just seemed like a lot. Um, yeah especially for like, they were just dating. Um, and so that, that was interesting. And I don't, I don't dislike her. I don't love her. I don't, I don't like her that much. Um, but I don't hate her again, like less than Mary though. I like her less than I like Mary. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm, like on the, yeah. She was like a former Playboy model. I feel like they very briefly hinted yeah. at that, or she was yeah, on Playboy at some point. That. She was like, "Oh, I could just blow up my centerfold for the <laughs> work," and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> These are kind of like the other things that are great about the show is that like you get that like it's it's like a very LA vibe where like somebody can just casually mention that they were a centerfold yeah. in Playboy, and yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the okay, best yeah, sure. housewives. I'm like, weren't like everyone was in Playboy at some point? Like it's yeah. normal, um, right? I yeah. I feel like at some point they kind of flirted the idea of her and one of the twins being into each other, and then she quickly started dating. Tarek and now she's like in full I'm obsessed with being engaged and married even though we've been together like less than a year right I, I hate that yeah the twin thing I mean I feel like they just maybe needed to like throw them in the mix um but with her and Tarek I don't I like don't know much about him except that apparently his ex-wife and Heather look exactly alike which um it's just interesting um, I saw like some Instagram comparing them and they like literally look exactly the same. Um, yeah. Just this blonde, cute woman. Um, mm -hmm. It's yeah. scary. Loves it's like... engaged. <laughs> I, I hope the Beyonce. <laughs> this relationship is doomed. Like they might get married, but it's, it's going to be a brief, a brief situation. I, I'm here for the mess, but it's going to be messy. I think so, too. And um, I think her, like, yeah, because they have been together for less than a year, right? Is that? Yeah. That is? Okay, yeah. But. Um, I, I'm excited yeah, about that. People who, like, I think I was looking at his Instagram, maybe, and it, he's one of those people who will, like, post um, the details about, like, the engagement ring, like an ad, you know? Like, oh, here, here's the ring I got, and, like, it's an ad. It's, like, one of those. Who, that, like, always rubs me the wrong way for some reason. Super gross. <laughs> and, like, not to be, like, sexist, but it's, like, even weirder when it's a guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think we're, like, we're, like, bred to, you know, the influencer game is largely women-centered. Right. right? So, it's so interesting that he decided to take this on. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have to. You really don't. Yeah, and yet he did. not Unless he wanted a good discount. I mean, maybe there it is, but I don't I don't know. He's hustling, I guess. He really is. Um, so let's move on to Christine. Okay. Dresses like a Disney villain. I 
God, that's so true. Her journey is very interesting to me. From season two to season three, all of a sudden she's engaged to this like nerdy tech guy. They're in love in a very Hollywood way in that it's like, okay, this is clearly like a business situation. Like you're hot, tall, arm candy, and he's rich. Yeah. And retired. Yeah. And I actually was curious about him the other day. Um, I was talking to a friend and we were like, what, like, who is he? And all I found was this, like, he's big in the tech world and he's, his estimated net worth is 20 million, which I feel like isn't not obviously like to me or to you, like, that's a, sounds like a lot, but like, I feel like it's not a lot in their world. I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. like I'm comparing it to someone like I don't know again I 20 million dollars if you gave me that I would die but like if right in that, like Christine would like want more <laughs> I don't know and he's retired apparently too so he probably yeah. sold whatever he had I don't know I'm, I'm interested in him but there's not much out there except for that bit that's, of information that's very interesting yeah 20 million seems low to me too to just be like I'm never going to work again. I mean, you can very easily make that work, but it also seems like. The extravagant. Right. Like their lifestyle, Christine's lifestyle lifestyle is so extravagant. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not like I'm going to bankroll my life and we're going to spend summers just hopping from island to island. And she can, you know, have clothes sent to the house sort of lifestyle that's that is low yeah interesting isn't that Uh, where they met like island hopping or something or did I make that up sorry I think didn't they meet like or oh no maybe after they met they went like island hopping for the summer yeah Mm -hmm. yes and then she just like strolled into the office and was like I'm back and I was like what like how (laughs) how is this allowed (laughs) right This seems like it could go like Joe and Teresa, like fraud. Oh, I love that. I would love that for them. That would be interesting. <laughs> like, something, like, yeah. Mm, yeah, because 20 million in LA is really not much. It doesn't seem like a lot. And again, like, I don't know. And I like that you said she was a Disney villain. I like to also think of her as like an off brand Erica Jane. Um, yeah. Or, I don't but know. Like, specifically in the How Many Fucks video. Yes. Like, nothing else. <laughs> yes, specifically that version. And, <laughs> like, her, 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 like, nails always match her lips, which, like, gives me a little anxiety. I don't know what about it. Like, something's just, like, I don't know. Her ponytail's always very tight. Like, I don't know. Oh, she's always trying to, like, serve a look. And, like, it's always, yeah. misses, it always misses the mark. For me, personally. Yeah, she projects... There's a lot of projection happening, whereas, like, with an Erica Jane slash Girardi, like, you get the attitude. She exudes a certain air of confidence, whereas I think Christine is just trying. Yes, exactly. Trying and not... It's not really working, but I guess, like, if that's what she wants to do... Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. She also had, like, a backstory of being, like, a nerdy whatever. But I feel like 
was she really do we really believe that yeah i don't know i i don't i don't know i feel like they all like to have like a backstory i mean chrishell's is one thing but like i don't know christine i think you were fine but you know yeah i I think she like wore a lot of black and people mentioned that like oh i used to shop at hot topic sometimes right well who among us haven't i mean come on let's (laughs) like but her i mean her wedding was the epitome of that i don't that was a lot for me personally and i I, i wear black every day like i love it but like that was a little extreme. I don't know. Very, like, Maleficent. Yes. <laughs> yes, Maleficent. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Chriselle, I think probably the most compelling character, shockingly, because I think she is introduced to us as, like, the new girl, the sweet girl from Kentucky, like, very Britney from Vanderpump, like... <laughs> It's like the sweet brunette with the side part and, you know, she's just like humble beginnings. I used to be smelly because my family was poor. And honestly, like, I kind of stand for Shell. She doesn't take Christine shit. She yeah. handles everything, like, with grace and perfection. And she just, like, I really want to work. And she's trying, and I love that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And she's something that uh, she's someone that before Selling Sunset was like a thing because I only I, I watched This Is Us. I stopped watching it after a while because it was just like emotionally too much. But when I did watch it, I was like, oh, Justin Hartley. And like, I would always see her like on his Instagram. And I'm like, who is this chick? She seems annoying. Like, I don't know. Like, I fully <laughs> judged her. Like, you know, I fully did via Instagram because I mean, that's like what I do in my spare time. But, and I, then when I heard she was on the show, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not going to like her. Like, ugh, like she kind of bothers me. She seems kind of fake. I don't know. And now I am the president of the Chriselle army. Like I <laughs> love her. And I, I like, she yeah. just turned it around for me and I judged a book by its cover and I was wrong and I am sorry. So Chriselle, if you're listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, I love her. And I love like, her backstory is very interesting and I don't know. I just didn't expect this from her and I really like her. That's all I have to say. Yeah. She's really the only one who has like a fully fleshed out like character arc, if you will. Um, Even though we never see Justin on the show, like you still understand like, Oh, you know, like I started out in very humble beginnings and then, you know, like they never really talk about how she was in soap operas, but she was. And then, you know, she's got this famous husband and everything's so perfect. And everybody's always talking about how great their relationship is. And they are, they're like the perfect couple and they're like hashtag couple goals. And then it's like, bam. (laughs) Yeah. It was that first part of season three when she was like talking to Mary and Mary was like you guys are so perfect and Chriselle was thank you I literally like my skin was crawling out of the room (laughs) I was like oh my god I cannot watch this like I want for her yeah so the first thing that we see about Chriselle like the first like big conflict she has is with Davina wow Uh, Davina Wow, Davina, wow. I, <laughs> she is, 
I don't even know where to start mm-hmm. because I have never felt so much hate towards, like, when you, we watch these reality shows, I mean, I, uh, there are, like, characters and people that I dislike, and I'm like, okay, they're kind of a monster, like, whatever, but I have never felt, like, a hatred towards a reality TV character, I think, since, like, Amber Marchese. Like, there is no, <laughs> like, this, Davina is evil. <laughs> She's evil, but she's evil in her in a very specific Davina way. Like, I like I, you're right. Like, she's not like a typical like a Kenya Moore or a like a Jax, right? Where, like something else. Yeah, it, it's a weird. There's something weird about her. Like, there is something weird. She's a weird girl. I don't know. Someone. Um, I saw on Instagram. I think it was. Um, let me just, I don't want to get the, I want to like say who actually posted this. I think it was someone posted a side by side of her and Alison Dubois from Beverly Hills, <laughs> the dinner right. party. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the comparison. That is exactly is that, it. <laughs> that very weird. Like you would, you know, like turn on the lights in the middle of the night and she would just be standing there. You know, just like a very unsettling feeling about her. It was bravo. Oh my God. I don't want to get that. But okay. yes, yes. And it's like, yes, she is the medium from the dinner party from hell. Like that is the best comparison because that's, she's just, she's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And she's like one of those people who would like, you know, like some people, like people make direct eye contact. Right. But then there's yeah. some people who look at you and you're just like, are you looking inside of me? Like, I feel naked in front of you. Like, I feel like you're seeing something that you shouldn't be seeing. I don't like it. And I'm uncomfortable. I am. That is so true. Like she, she can see, Yes. I completely agree with that. I know exactly what you mean. And it's terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. I, I will say Telling somebody that they're on the path to being two-faced is one of the craziest things that I've ever heard in my life. What does that mean? Like, I've been tossing and turning every night, and, like, I just can't make heads or tails of it. No, like, that's not a thing, and I'm confused. Um, On the path. Not, like, I don't know. She, I think, she's, like, that person who just says things and talks in circles and you don't really even know what they're saying and you just have to like look at them and nod along because I don't even know like what's coming out of her mouth half the time like at the season three finale when they were trying she like compared talking about Justin and Chriselle's divorce to like Mary not inviting her to her wedding and I was like what I was like when did we get here these are two different situations like what this is Apple's like I was just I couldn't even follow what she was saying yeah I I saw somebody say like she is clearly on the show like she had a goal to be like an intentional villain and I don't know if I fully agree with that like I think she just is weird like this uh yeah I don't think she came on wanting to I think she's just like this is weird I think it was natural for her to be (laughs) for her to become this person but yeah she's something's up so let's talk about a few key storylines. What do you think about Christine versus Mary? Do you think that like Christine keeps going after Mary because this is like a natural falling apart and Christine is trying to like 
jab at her, but really loves her because there's a lot of like calling Mary a fucking idiot and then apologizing and then doing something horrible. It's like two steps forward, 17 steps back. And to me, it's like at some point, is this jealousy? Right. I, and I don't know. I think part of it is um, because she'll keep doing the same thing. Like she'll do it and then apologize and then do it again and then apologize again. Like she's one of those people. Um, And I think part of it might be jealousy. And I think it's because when, like when we were introduced to her season one, it was like, she is the queen bee. I think she thought she was going to be like the star of this whole thing. And then the promo, Chriselle is literally front and center. And I feel like Mm -hmm. she's like, Oh shit. Like, because now we're all like, like, this is Chriselle's show. And like, I don't think she expected that. And I think now she's just like doing whatever she can to kind of like be in the mix, but also partly jealousy. Because like her closest friend is who? Davina? I'm like, mm-hmm. my God, I, yeah. I wouldn't that upon anyone. Choices. Real yeah. choices that are being made. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's. There was one scene that I thought was so funny that I feel like a lot of people aren't really talking about, which is a scene between um, Davina, Christine, and Heather. They're, like, somewhere with one of those signs on the walls, those, like, neon signs. (laughs) They're having this conversation about how this is, like, post-Chrishell and Dustin divorce announcement. Heather starts talking about how she did an interview with Us Weekly. They asked her one question about... Um, Chriselle and it turned into like the headline of the story that they were doing but then Christine and Davina like kind of go in on Heather for being like this fame whore basically who's like always talking to the paparazzi always like happening to get shots taken of her like going to like I don't know the coffee bean or whatever the fuck and now you're doing these interviews and Heather like loses it and is like I'm not doing this shit with you guys like stop talking about it was so funny to me. And again, like another moment where Davina seems to have no idea of like why that would piss somebody off. Like (laughs) she, they weren't wrong. Like clearly you guys have an in with us weekly. Like does anybody care about random, you know, girl number seven from selling sunset and dude from some house remodeling show? Like not really. Yeah. You guys are creating these headlines, but it's just right, so funny that she funny. got mad That's at them. I'm not shaming her, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that is funny. Davina literally had no idea. It's like, obviously this would piss someone off. Like, that's so embarrassing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was so funny to me. Um, okay, so I guess we should get into, obviously, the big story Dun, dun, dun. TMZ alert comes to Christine's phone. Oh, my God. Justin and Chriselle are getting a divorce. Wow. They do that stuff. Like, when they show people, like, reacting to the news. Like, they did it in um, A Real Housewives of New York when, like, Bethany quit. And they, like, showed everyone reacting to it. Like, favorite thing. (laughs) Uh, Or, like, with the Kardashians. Yes. Oh yes. When they, all, when they all found out about Tristan, that was like an Emmy winning scene for me. Like. And Potomac <laughs> when they all found out about Ray's tax fraud. Yes. Oh my god, like I love that stuff. <laughs> and there is like a, a sudden like the music gets dark and they're like, Oh my god. And you see someone scrolling and it's like 
we know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it it really warms my heart. I what I mean, you know, we're both team Chriselle. Yeah. But Christine and Davina raised a point. I won't say it's a good or bad point, but a point of, do you think, how much did Chriselle know? Do you think it's possible that he completely pulled the rug out from under her? Or do you think that she knew this was coming and it was like an inevitability? What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on this is like, of course, of course, there's always two sides to every story. Like, I'm not denying that. The point they made, again, not saying it was good or bad. It just, it it was a point. And in any relationship, there's two sides. Like, there's, but yeah. my issue with, wasn't even with that. It was them, like, bringing it up in this gross way. It's like, okay, mm. But Chriselle is your colleague and your friend. You don't even know Justin. Like, right. Like, not saying you have to full, like, you don't need to go out there and bash Justin and like, whatever. But you also don't need to go out there and say like, oh, well, there's two sides. Like, that's so sketchy. Like, she's your colleague. Like, that is weird for you to just like be like, well, Justin's always been nice. It's like, have you even met him? Like, what are you doing? And it was just like, again, not saying that there aren't two sides. I'm sure there are. But it's not really your place, Davina and Christine, to to go and say that because, yeah, tech, like Mary said, Mary was like, okay, yeah, but like there, or maybe it was Amanda who said she was like, okay, but no, there aren't two sides right now because Chris, like, this is our friend. Like, what don't you get? Right. So right. I think weird, and I'm sure. I mean, we don't know the 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 insides of their relationship. No one does except for the two of them. So it's not as like a, you know, as a third party, like if you media reporter, sure. If you want to say that, but like not as a person, like your colleague and someone that you know, and it's not really your place. And I think it was just like gross and weird. I agree. Like, I think Davina says that she's never even met Justin. So why you're going so hard for him is like, like huge question mark on that. Right. Like what, like, why are you like, campaigning for this guy like you don't know him like what like and again not saying she has to go out and bash him but just like maybe don't say anything (laughs) don't say anything that's always an option (laughs) always an option if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything or just say it in closed quarters yeah and I think Amanda Amanda brought up another great point of because I think Christine said that when she and Chriselle were on the outs that they were at an event and Justin, like, made a point and went out of his way and said hi to them and made small talk with Christine, blah, blah, blah. And Amanda's reaction was like, so you're telling me that he knew that they were not on good terms and that he went out of his way to talk to you and be pleasant with you anyway. Like, it, that's fucked up. Like, that's your husband. Right. There should be some loyalty there. And that should be all the indication that you know that he's, like, maybe not the best guy. Um yeah, I I did not like how they handled that. I it was just gross. Like, come on, people. It, it was really gross. I, you know, obviously, if you're gonna talk about, oh, we had a fight that day. Like, I want to know what happened. What did you guys fight about? Did you yeah. really see this coming? And she does kind of like give us a hint of like, 
I think when we had that argument that I thought that, like, looking back, I think he had already made up his mind. Right, right. And... Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Like, I, I'm sure, you know, she could look back at things and be like, okay, this was wrong, this was... Like, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, of course. But... I saw one article where he... So they got, like, divorce happened about a year ago. Yeah. Um... I saw an article that he had, somebody had interviewed him and he said something about like, well, I can sleep at night. I have no problem. Like yes. my side of the street is clean. And like, ew, like I, that's I, just such- okay. I saw that too. And I was like, what the hell? Like it was, I think, I think he said those words. He was like, I sleep very well at night. I love my life. My life is great. I have a wonderful daughter and like, yeah. I, I have no issues and I was just like but what like like it was just kind of weird like for him to just yeah ignore it and just the way he said it was so like in this article I was like this is so like smug and like right something was something didn't sit right with me when I read that I was like oh come on like you're an ass yeah, it's a weird response. Like, okay, maybe if you feel like she has this platform and she, you know, is on the show and she's crying and she's going to St. Louis and she's obviously very upset. Like, I could understand how maybe that might be frustrating. But then, it, yeah, there's like a smugness to saying like, well, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I think he said, I need to, okay, he said, I'm happy, I'm a happy guy, I sleep like a baby, I don't have anything on my mind. Like, what, sir? Right. <laughs> like, that is, like, come on. Ew. You have nothing on your mind, really? Well, we're in a global pandemic, there's a lot of social right. issues, what do you mean you have nothing on your mind? Get involved, let's go. Right. Seriously, okay, so did you hear that Sheena had Christine on her podcast last week? I heard this. I haven't listened to the podcast, but I heard that there was some tea spilt. Yeah. So for the y'all that don't know, okay, so she had Christine on her podcast on August 7th. And she, I guess, used to have a friendship with Chriselle. This was back in 2017 when she was divorcing Shay. Wait. Oh, Sheena, you, Sheena and Chriselle used to be friends. Yes. Was, okay, cool. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Got it. 
Um, so about the same time that uh, that Sheena was breaking up with Shay, Chriselle's dog got hit and run by a car, hit and killed by a car. Oh my god! So Sheena said that she DM'd Justin and wanted to like send flowers or something, you know, like I want to send something to Chriselle to make her feel yeah. better. So he responded and was like, oh, you know, like, thanks so much. He gives the address and that was kind of it. And then she told her friend, I guess a mutual friend of Sheena and Chriselle's named Jamie. Okay. So Sheena told, tells Jamie like, oh, I DM Justin, blah, 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 to send her something. Mm-hmm. And Jamie was like, oh, Chriselle told me that you did, but... Apparently, Chrishell was like, oh, my God, like, that's so embarrassing that Sheena would, like, reach out to Justin and just, like, yeah. hand on the face monkey emoji. And, yeah, basically, it's just like, ew, why would Sheena reach out to Justin? So, yeah. basically, kind of the same thing that Chrishell was saying about Justin, about, like, oh, he got this big break and you know, you kind of left people and like, how can you leave people in the dust like that? Like I was there for you and in like your time of need or, you know, I was there for you when you didn't have anything. And now that like, you're this big star, it's like, I'm gone. Right. Basically Sheena's saying the same thing about Chriselle, like, Oh, she dated or, you know, she was married to this guy and he got so big and it was like, she left, she treated me like trash, which Uh-oh. I think is very interesting. That is interesting. And I, Sheena, like, in the recent years has become one of, like, my favorite Pump Rules people. I think it's because, like, the bar is so low um, on that show. And so she's become someone that I actually, like, really like. And even though she's Mm -hmm. insane, um, she really entertains me. So I don't, and, like, yeah, she always stirs the pot. Like, she's doing her job, whatever. But I don't know, like something about her sitting down with Christine and do, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. interesting though. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting that Chriselle thought it was, I guess, like embarrassing for her to DM Justin to send her something for her dead dog. Um, it's definitely not. But right. um, unless, I mean, I want to see the DMs. What did they say? Like, was she flirting? Now, now that's what I want to see is those DMs between Sheena Marie and Justin Hartley. That is what I would like to see. (laughs) I totally, totally agree. So yeah, she also said that, oh, she's also said that she included, that Sheena invited them to a New Year's Eve party. So it was more than just like, hey, I want to reach out to, it was like, you know, So, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, She also goes on to say that Chriselle, she thinks that, okay, I think part of it was when Justin started to gain more fame than she's ever had. I think there was jealousy and competitiveness in that relationship. Um, It's like now Chriselle's not the one on a soap opera getting recognized when they go out to dinner. Now she's the girl's taking photos with him with fans and she was just kind of lost so she's hinting at the fact that maybe Chriselle couldn't handle the fact that Justin got famous mm-hmm. turn tabling on that I you know I'm with you about Sheena like 
I'm inclined to believe her now more than I ever have been. And I like her more now than I ever have in terms of Vanderpump people. But oh, I'm very conflicted about who I should believe in this. Right. I don't know. I think I don't fully believe that because like Krisha, I mean, as a soap star, are you really like that record like you know what I'm saying like you can still go to the grocery store and like be right fine. um you know you're not at Angelina Jolie like you're a soap star which is great it's an accomplishment for sure but like are you really like I, I had heard of her because I mean I don't really watch soaps but because I watched This Is Us and it was she was his wife which I hate to say that because you know it's kind of that's how I found out about her which like as someone's wife, like, uh, like whatever. But, um, I, I don't, for some reason, I just don't think it was that, like, would she really be that upset? Like, look at her net, like when they were married, she got to like, she, I feel like she skyrocketed up too. like, she would go to all these events with him, the Emmys, the globes. And like, I, I don't know. I feel like she in, enjoyed it. No, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like she also gained a lot of fame from that and yeah I agree I, I mean who's to say this is like probably who's the one relationship <laughs> on uh, in reality that I just like I just don't know like I'm team Chriselle just because you don't fucking send a text message to somebody to end your marriage you, uh, right that is not okay that's that's not okay I don't care how long you knew each other even if you were married for like two months no you don't send a text that is no. rude like, the only way, the only reason why you should do that is there's, like, cheating, some sort right. of abuse, or something right. where, like, you really right. can't and should not be in the same room as that person. Like, right. And I'm pretty but, sure she shut down those rumors because someone, like, they came out, oh, he cheated, he abused her. She was like, no, no, no. No, that, like, wasn't the case. Mm, okay, good. <sighs> I'm just very conflicted. Me so, too. His wife said, her his ex-wife said something, too. Um, oh. I think, yeah, his ex-wife, um, who also looks very similar to Chriselle, came out, like, the one he has his, his daughter with, and she was like, oh, Justin's a good man, um, I have respect for, like, what we built and our daughter, and he's a good guy, and, like, that was kind of it. So, like, I mean, I'm sure she's on his side, because they're, they have a kid together, but I don't know. That was interesting, I thought. That is interesting. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really didn't. Um, I, he was Team Chriselle. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So do you have any final thoughts that you would like to discuss or, or talk about? Um, final thoughts? I really don't know. Aside from, uh, I just really don't like Davina. And I will say it to her face. And I just. <laughs> I can't stand her. And I don't want to hear about this $75 million home that she's not selling. Like, I just, I can't. Yeah. She's not selling. Yeah. Okay. We didn't talk about the end of the wedding. Christine's wedding where Rochelle walks out. It clearly was so hard for her to even go. I really was like, you know, she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch two people in love make vows for life to each other. And for the, Davina to sit there and be like, yeah, there are two sides to every story. And, like, 
what do you mean? Like, right. Like this isn't the time or the place. Like what? What? Crazy, crazy, crazy. That over time to start something. And like, at that point, it's like, this is not like we draw a line, you know, this is this saying it like, do not try to do this at the wedding. And even Jason or Brett, one of them, said at the end, they were like, who the fuck upset Chriselle? And it's like, yeah. really? <laughs> like, right here, that was probably the best thing one of them did all season. Um, yeah. It's like, why? Why now? Why this yeah. wedding? Why, why are we doing this here? And she was just like, talking in circles, just like, oh, well, we, we you know, we know Jason. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. I mean, Justin. I was like, you don't know him. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And I love that whoever was like, don't you think that maybe you could have said it in a different way? So weird. Common sense. Of course, there are two sides. Of course, we don't know everything, but that is not your place to interject. Like you could like, that's not the way you do it. That's not the way, like we, we all know that it's common sense, like got it, but maybe don't say that to her like (laughs) in that way. Like, it's just not, she's gross and she really upsets me and she turned off comments on her Instagram and that's all I have to say. (laughs) Great. And I saw that Chrishell actually tweeted out and was like, you know what? I appreciate all the support, but if it's going to be like you guys bullying somebody, then I would, I would, you know, like really like that you stop doing that. (laughs) So contact all the way. She is all class. And then I think she ended it with like, but I love your enthusiasm. Yeah. (laughs) Like she appreciates it, but like, don't bully people. Like she is just, I love her. She's just like such a nice person. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just get good vibes from her and I wasn't expecting it. And here I find myself team Chriselle. I agree. And you know what? I'm just thinking about this. I would love for her to, you know, be like a Whitney Port, and but a lot more successful because the city was a true flop. But like, take horrid, the <laughs> take the Alpenheim group to New York and like start your new life as like a yeah. fun and flirty single lady. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. Um, obviously, we're gonna have a season four. Yes. Is there anything that you would like to see in season four? Um, I. Th- would want to see is the takedown of Davina and less of Christine's fashion choices and yeah I I actually really like the real like the like the real estate part of the show I think it's super interesting just like seeing mm-hmm. how much these houses sell for and like what goes into it like I love million dollar listing like I just love the real estate stuff mm-hmm. um and just seeing these like lavish houses that I will never be able to afford. Um, so I love that. I love that part of it. Um, Would you yeah, like I to just... see more celebrities on the show? So I don't know. I think I liked um, having Karamo on was fun. A fun little mm-hmm. twist that I not yeah. expect. Um, I do love when they like bring in a celebrity. Like who was it that Randall and Lala came in on? Um, what show is that? I'm flipping out. Yes. Um, like, I, like, love stuff like that because um, it kind of, like, breaks the fourth wall. And it's like, oh, look, they're just, celebrities, they're just like us, um, except much richer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like this is their behind the scenes. I think it's interesting to see that. I would definitely like 
I, I wanted when her and Justin were together, I really wanted to see him on the show. I thought that would be cool, Same. but like, that did not happen. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see some, some celebs. Um, I would like that. Would you like to see Grishel spill more tea about what exactly happened? I, I would, but I also like, I don't want her to get like mean and I don't think she could, like, I don't think she would do that, but I don't want, I don't want to see her like go below the belt or like, like, I feel like she's one of those people who's not going to talk about like air her dirty laundry. Like I, like obviously this is one thing, but I feel like she won't go below and like start like bashing him, like, which I, I like about her. Like she's a, a classy lady. And I yeah. kind of like that. I mean, of course I want to know. And if she would like to tell us, I am all ears. Um, but yeah. And I also love just like the, like the friendship. I just like think like her and Amanda and Mary are like such a fun group. I really like that. Maybe less mm-hmm. Romaine. I'm not, you know, maybe that less Romaine. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say Romaine did what he had to do about telling everybody the truth about Davina. He got he out of that pool and was like, she's an evil bitch. She's not coming to my wedding. And at the end of Christine's wedding, he's like, yeah, she's a fucking demon. And I tell you guys. Yeah, I love that. I respect that. I respected that. (laughs) That was fantastic. He did what he had to do. Um, Have you ever lived in L.A.? I have not. No, I've only I've only visited. I've never lived there. Yeah, because the real estate there is very intriguing to me. Like. I don't understand why there's so much glass. Like, I could possibly never. Like, there's, there's no privacy. So glass. You're so right. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, that is, like, a nightmare to me. Like, I would never be able to sleep. Right. And I love, like, a good floor-to-ceiling window. Like, yeah. but the glass, it's all glass all the time. And, like, the indoor, what I don't, also something I don't understand is the indoor water features. Like, mm-hmm. There was that one house where there was like a little pool under the stairs, and then the one yeah. house with like stingray. I'm like, what? What? Like, what's with all the water indoors? I don't like that. Like, not even an indoor pool, just like an indoor water feature. I don't get that. Like, right. like not. How is that child friendly? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's more of like a bachelor thing, but a lot of glass, a lot of indoor water features. <laughs> Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining me and talking about Selling Phones Up. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Do you want people to follow you? Oh, if they would like, please. You know, I'm not going to force you, but I'm not going to force you guys. If you want, um, yeah, Christine, at Christine Bianca Villa. It's a, it's a, it, exactly how it sounds. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Gold, well, you have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course.